Welcome to Lighthouse Chapel International, Columbus, Ohio. We invite you to discover the life-changing anointed word of God as you listen to this message by Reverend Gilbert Asamoah. Reverend Gilbert Asamoah is a well-seasoned minister who serves as the general overseer of the Raccoon Diocese in Lighthouse Chapel International, USA. Founded by Bishop Dag Heward Mills with over 1,800 branches worldwide. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Our dear God and Father, thank you so much for your great grace that you have bestowed upon us in sharing with us the mysteries of your kingdom and employing and inviting us to participate in the salvation of the world through the blood of Christ. We trust that Lord, you bless this message and cause our hearts to be renewed and reignited unto the purpose for which you called us. Thank you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Beautiful. You're all welcome. We are still in the first chapter of the book, Wise as Serpents, um, what it means to be wise as serpents. And the, the, the series will be on is the wisdom of serpents. The wisdom of serpents. Um, so I believe it is only fair that we will look at the scripture, the foundation scripture that gave us this theme before we look at any other scripture. So we will go to Matthew chapter 10, verse 16. And you will notice that, you know, once a serpent is a phrase that appears in this verse, but in order for you not to lose track of the general theme the Lord Jesus was saying, you need to read the whole verse. And I'm going to read this verse slowly. And I'm going to deliberately break it into some parts. And I want you to pay attention. You know, if you have a red letter Bible, this is in red. You know, in those Bibles that when Jesus is speaking, they put it in red. This whole statement is in red. So as I'm reading, I am essentially resounding what Jesus said. So let me start. Behold, I send you. That is the first thing I will say. Jesus is speaking. He's speaking to his disciples, of which you and I are in the same company. And Jesus is saying, Behold, I send you. Hallelujah. Amen. He's saying, he's making a statement, Behold, is is another word for look or pay attention. Behold, I send you. Or let me just add the next word. Behold, I send you out. That's the apostolic commission. That's the, 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 the disciples' commission. That is the sending out. Every believer, every child of God, Jesus is speaking to you. He said, behold, I send you out. We have not been called just to be happy with our lives, just to build our own agenda or our own plan of pursuits. All those are great. All those are nice. Um, everything you are building, we must build it with God in mind and in the center. Jesus said, behold, I send you out. Then he asks, as sheep, I send you out as sheep. So then it's highlighting who we are. We are his sheep. He, he is our shepherd. We are doing a microscopic Bible study here. Are you following? Yes. Mm-hmm. Behold, I send you out. That is a reminder. A reminder of where we are. We have been sent out by the Lord Jesus. And if we forget our mission, if we forget who we are, we miss the whole point. Behold, I send you out as sheep. We are supposed to be sheep, not goats. (laughs) Sheep, Sheep 
are easy to be entreated and easy to be controlled and easy to be directed. Mm. The big question is, are we sheep? Behold, I send you out as sheep. <laughs> then the next clause is in the midst of wolves. So he's not sending us as naive sheep. We are not supposed to be naive or oblivious or blind to the danger that is in the world. He knows the wolves are there. Are you listening to me, somebody? Yes. Jesus knows the yes. wolves are there, but there is there is something to be done. So in spite of the danger, he says, behold, I send you out. Now, if you have sheep and you have the mind of preserving the sheep and there are wolves out there, what is the smartest decision you should take? Keep your sheep inside and keep them to themselves. Is that not so? But Jesus does not just seek to preserve us. He wants the sheep to produce more sheep. He wants the sheep to multiply. So he said, behold, I send you out. He knows the danger that there is in the world. Look, what you are going through and what I'm going through, the difficulties and the opposition and the persecution and all the ridicule of the world. Don't ever think that Jesus doesn't know or he's oblivious of it. He knows. But he's still sending us out there. Are you listening to me? Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, do you see the word therefore? Therefore, be wise as serpents. The admonition to be wise as serpents is a therefore. Is there's there's a there's something that has been mentioned before, because of which being wise as serpents is a necessary instruction, or is a, 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 an additional detail that we need to be aware of. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Be wise. So, so we are instructed to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Why? You see, when you see the word therefore, it is explaining a why. Do you see? If somebody tells you, um, it is it is snowing or it is raining, therefore take an umbrella. Do you see? Are you following? Yeah. Yeah. If you don't use, you don't want to use the word therefore, you can start with the end of the sentence and say, take an umbrella because it is raining. Is that also? So, so instead of saying it is raining, therefore take an umbrella, you can start from the end and say, take an umbrella because it is raining. Or if you want to uh, make that sentence complex, you can say, I am taking, the reason why I am taking an umbrella is because it is raining. So I want to submit to you that being wise as serpents is not just a clause or a phrase that we are admonished to be in in in, in a vacuum. It is in the context of behold, I send you out. Behold, I send you out as sheep. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. It is because of the wolves that we are instructed to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Hallelujah. So you realize that in this verse, there are four animals that have been named. Is that not so? What are the four animals? Number one is what? Sheep. 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 Number two is what? Wolves. 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 Number three is what? Serpent. Serpent. And number four is dove. Now, you see that of these four animals, we have been instructed to be like three of them. No, three of them. Oh, Oh, three. Uh Yeah, because when you see us, it's also like, I'll send you out as sheep. I'll send you as like sheep. So, we are supposed to be sheep to begin with as sheep. You see, mm-hmm. the secret is the, 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 the animal that is beginning, that, that 
that, the, that animal word is prefixed by the word us. Mm-hmm. It's something that we are supposed to be. Right. We are supposed to be as sheep. We are supposed oh. to be as serpents. Mm-hmm. And we are supposed to be as doves. Yes. Mm-hmm. But we are supposed to be as sheep, as serpents, as doves in the midst of wolves. Wow. Amen. 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 So now, back to the team. So I just wanted to dissect this verse so that you would see it in context that God has sent us out as sheep in a world full of wolves. And that is why we need to operate as wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But we've been dwelling on the wisdom of the serpents, the wisdom of serpents. So now, the seven reasons why serpents are considered wise, which is what the chapter one emphasizes, that's what we are returning to. Number one is what? The serpent has been able to multiply and flourish compared with all other animals. Amen? Amen. Number two, I'm actually not going in, in the order, I'm just grouping it in a certain way. The serpent has been able to accomplish their goals. So you mean that the serpent has goals? Do you have goals? <laughs> you have been sent as sheep. You must have goals. And, and, and in a midst of you must have some goals. The serpent has been able to accomplish their goals. One of the goals is survival. Another goal is to multiply. Just to survive is not enough. Mm. When your goal, if you don't want to be extinct, if you don't want to disappear from the earth, you need to be able to multiply yourself so that when you are gone, that your descendants will be the memory of you in the earth. And I'm not speaking biologically, I'm speaking about the spiritual instruction that began the verse. Behold, mm-hmm. I send you a sheep. Hallelujah. Amen. So as we are thinking about the wisdom of the serpent, we are, re- we are relating it to the instruction that Christ has given us as Christians. So, the wisdom of serpents, I mean, reasons why serpents are considered wise, they've been able to multiply, they've been able to accomplish their goals. Last week, we also tackled, they've been able to continue to exist in every, every uh, continue to exist in the ever-modernized world. Yeah. Amen. That is what we talked about, being adaptable. Is that not so? Yeah. Then another one is that they've been able to flourish in spite of the hatred. Yeah. There's so much hatred against snakes, but they've been mm. able to flourish. Amen. Amen. So that so that if you are hated as a Christian, if you're having a hard time at your workplace or even in your family, you know, you, you, every Christian in every age, they have come under attack. In fact, mm. one persecution ceased or stopped or decreased in the church. It actually caused the church to become cold or mm. lukewarm. And I'm not saying that we should just go and bring, go and uh, on purpose, go and bring trouble on ourselves. What I'm saying is that the hatred of the world is not an excuse for us not to remain a Christian and not to continue with the fire of Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Because when you look at church history, every era had the devils that were in those era. Every season had its reason for one not to be a Christian. Why it will be easier to take the easier path of just being out, outside of the body. So we are learning the wisdom of the shepherd. We are linking the points to our purpose. Okay. So the serpent's wisdom allows it to multiply and flourish. The serpent's wisdom allows it to accomplish their goals. The serpent's wisdom allows it to exist in the ever modernized world. The serpent's wisdom allows it to flourish in spite of the hatred that they meet. And then another one is the serpent's wisdom allows it to live in every continent and every part of the world, which is the ability to adapt to every place. So adaptation also includes the geography, the place. You see, if you are a child of God, your main drive, your main thing is not just to please yourself or to have this high, high notion of yourself that you look down upon the people or places. If mm. God needs you to be somewhere because of the kingdom of God, don't say this is beneath me. Mm. Paul said, I know how to both abase and I know how to abound. Mm. And it is after he said that, that in Philippians chapter 4, verse, verse 12, 
is after he said that he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So when he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, he was actually saying that if I need to make myself beneath a belittle for the sake of Christ, I can do it because Christ strengthens me. If I need to be able to know how to blow time, that one too, I can do it because Christ strengthens me. Some of you, you don't need any strengthening. You know how to blow time already. But whatever is thrown at you, Christ strengthens you to do it. And your mind is not to please yourself. Your mind is to please your master and your Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, we need to redefine our purpose for why we are here. We have our own goals and agendas and ambitions, which is all great. But it must be married with that of Christ. When, the, when a, a marriage is working properly, you will see that you will see that the, the, the interests are mingled. Do you see? So on the one hand, the, 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 the guy wants to watch a, a, a sports show, a sports, uh, what do you call it? Uh, event that is going on. That's what his mind is. He wants mm. to be able to follow the sports event. But then the, the wife wants to have a conversation which, quote-unquote, the man thinks is a conversation about nothing. <laughs> Do you get it? You're preaching, right? Are you listening to me, somebody? Yes. Uh -huh. If you are single, if you are single, you can go ahead and watch your show and not mind your wife. But if, if you are married, now that you are married, what the woman wants, the woman is not saying, the woman will not come and tell you, stop watching your show and, and talk to me. She's not going to say that. And then you also want to have full concentration and watch your show, watch the sports event. You don't want to miss the the the, the action, the, the 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 what do you call it, the the home run or the, the, the especially when they replayed when they replay the the, the 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 pass that gave the guy the, the the chance to the home. They replayed it, and that is the moment she's trying to tell you about Susanna. Oh, you get it. <laughs> now, if you are married to the person. You blend the two. Mm. You blend the two goals. Mm. You watch your show, but you also talk to her. Man. And you have to invest in some technology. You may have to record and watch that scene again. Because, <laughs> because you see, you are essentially trying to do both things. Because both are important. Amen. Mm -hmm. Going Amen. to school is important. Going to your workplace is important. Taking care of your family is important. All that thing we need to do practically on earth is important, but we are married to Christ, dear friends. And if we are married to Christ, his interest must be our interest. You cannot say you are married to somebody and you are just only into yourself. You're only into the thing that pleases you. And when you come, you are watching, a, 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 the person is watching, a, a, what do you call it, a, a, a channel, a, something, and then you always want to have your way and turn it to a channel that you want to watch. No, sometimes you have to sacrifice your show because you want to watch home and garden and show with her. Do you understand? You have to watch home and garden show. <laughs> I mean, uh, 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 and, and uh, a building in Chicago that is completely dilapidated, and somebody buys it for uh, what do you call it? Fifty thousand. They are going to. They are going to. Um. Uh, um. Uh, what do you call it? They are going to. They are going to build it or. or um, and, and, and now it's now two million dollars or whatever. You are not going to own the building, but that is what somebody wants to watch. You got it. <laughs> yes, that's what a marriage is. <laughs> a marriage is that you give up something in order to be with somebody. And now you and I have been called upon that because we are married to Christ. I mean, why do we call us the bride of Christ? We call us the bride of Christ. We are married to Christ, so His interest must be commingled. Christ is not saying stop going to school. He's not saying stop your work. He's not saying don't take care of your work. But he said, as you are doing all of that, commingle it with my mission, my work, mm -hmm. my interest. And as you are doing it in the midst of a world that is against you, you will be finding yourself in the, in the tradition of all the people that came before you. That is exactly what the early people also suffered. Hallelujah. Amen. The ability to adapt to every, ability to function in every sphere Every land, every fresh water. You see that the, the, the serpent can survive in fresh water, sea water, land, sea. They can survive everywhere. This type of special forces mentality, this type of militarized mindset is, is, is imperative that the Christian ought to be. 
we cannot acquiesce and become part of this world. Look, you know, Pastor Eugene, you know one sad thing that happened. When the people of Israel were in Babylon for 70 years, according to the prophecy of Jeremiah, they were supposed to be there for 70 years. So as the 70 years were approaching, Daniel went to pray as the Lord. He reminded God about the, the promise that they were going to be in exile for 70 years. So, so when it was 70 years, God fulfilled Daniel's prayers and caused a king called Cyrus to come to power. Okay. And Cyrus was, was shown, Cyrus allowed the people of Israel to return back to um, the land. But you see, many of the Israelites didn't return. Pastor Eugene, that's, that's the sad aspect. Even though the way was made, Cyrus actually gave money. That I, 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 will, I will contribute to the rebuilding of the temple. Many of them had married and gotten established, established businesses in Babylon. Only approximately 52,000 uh, of, the, of the Jewish people returned. Because they have become part of the Babylonian system. Okay. <laughs> this tragedy, unfortunately, is repeating itself to the body of Christ. Hmm. We have become part of the worldly Babylonian system. We have forgotten about the temple that we need to go and build. We have forgotten about that. It's, it's like, it's the same Jeremiah who also prophesied, who told the Israelites, that the Lord said, as you arrive in Babylon, don't be shy. Hmm. Buy and sell, build houses, marry. In other words, God didn't forbid them from, from living their lives. Amen. In Babylon. But then a time came that they were supposed to return to Jerusalem to build, rebuild the, the, the city that has been torn down by the enemy. Many of them said, ah, are you crazy? Life is good. It's a good life. It's a sweet life. Why should I throw my life away to go back to Jerusalem? What is Jerusalem? They forgot about Jerusalem where they came from. Mm. Hallelujah. Amen. I pray that somebody will be ginger and fired up today. I pray that you will notice that my analogy about marriage and how you give up something to live with someone, we will see it from the spiritual sense that that is what we are in Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. And so the final point, which I purposely skipped, you know, on the seven reasons why serpents are considered wise, is the point that says that serpents evoke fear. Do you see? Serpents are considered, considered to be why is because they evoke fear and respect in human beings. They evoke fear and respect in human beings. Human beings do not fear and respect many animals, but they fear and respect snakes. If you look at the snake, the shape and the size of the snake, they don't look dangerous, but why are they afraid? Because there is poison inside of them, mm. which the P for poison, I will just replace it with the word power. Amen. Mm -hmm. okay. So that Bishop at the Chalakna talked about developing inner power. And I think the inner power that is in the snake, the inner power of the of the of the venom that the snake carries, is the thing that makes all of us afraid of the snake. Now, mm. if the snake is wise and is able to evoke fear, now you and I, as the body of Christ, we must be able to evoke fear. We a certain holy type of fear that there must be something about us, and 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 so therefore you see that there are different animals with many external characteristics. What, are, what animals are very scary to look at? What are some of the animals that, based on the external characters, they look scary? Give me examples. Lions. A lion looks scary. The teeth alone, the shape of the teeth, and the roar, the roar that the lion make, it is very scary. What other animals? Oh. Say it again. A hippo. Oh. A hippo. A hippo. A hippo is also. Thank you that you said hippo because if you ask me to say it, I may say it in my accent and you may laugh. So, <laughs> so, so uh -huh. let's just use the first uh, syllable hippo and we are all happy about it. Uh -huh. So, <laughs> we know where love, I come from. I will love okay. Pastor. <laughs> because you and I are from the same place. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so a hippo, a hippo is, is, is scary. It, it has an external thing that looks scary, you see. An elephant, you see, an elephant is not known to be one and eating, but if you look at the monstrosity, the size alone, 
so that all these animals have something about them that make them look what fearful. Now, ordinarily, if you look at a snake, then the, a snake is like a is a glorified worm. Okay. Have you seen a worm before? A worm. Yeah. Yes. So, so if you look True. at just the, if you look at the external appearance, you could say that it's just a, a big worm, right? right? Yeah. But how many know that there's a big difference between a worm and a snake? And the difference <laughs> is not just in the size. <laughs> because a snake has venom in it. Yeah. It has inner power that has been able to instill fear. Now, so the injunction on us is that if we are to be wise as serpents, we are not just to develop external claws, like uh, some animals have claws, or a roar, or the teeth of a lion. The wisdom of the serpent is that there is the its power is hidden, its power is within. And you and I, as Christians, we have been invited. That look, it's not about making a lot of noise. It's about how many things can you move. Amen. You are preaching, Rev. You know, Bishop said something one day. He said, look, people are looking for external power. So, for instance, if you go to a, a ministry deliverance meeting where somebody can lay their hands and the person falls down two feet away, do you get it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. By the power of the Spirit. And by, by any means, we are by no means belittling the power of the Spirit to know people that make no mistake. But think mm -hmm. about it, that if the power of your preaching or the power of your laying on of hands let somebody falls down two feet away from you, that is powerful. Is that not powerful? Yeah. Oh. And you know that in our church, we don't push people. <laughs> because I saw a WhatsApp video where a certain man of God was praying for people and they were not falling and he was forcing to push them. He was, in fact, if he notices that you in particular don't want to fall, he will push. In fact, Sister Felicia, I wasn't just pushing. In fact, I was slapping. I was actually slapping. How many have seen that one? It was going around like it's 18. It's like deep slap. And so as I was watching the, as I was watching the WhatsApp video, at a point I saw people from the back. They started leaving the line. It's because, because if, if, it is, if it is little prayer, I mean a little deliverance I want, I will take these slaps. Then I, 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 I actually <laughs> go home with my so, sickness. So, so that was the funny thing about that thing. It, it was going around in 2018 or so that people started leaving from the back of the line. And the pastor looked, looked up and said, The line is becoming short faster because people are afraid. Okay. But, but, but that is also the real power of God. I don't know whether you've experienced it before. Which mm -hmm. can make you fall down without somebody pushing you. Yes. You get it. Yes. But then Bishop said, Compare that to someone who through his preaching and teaching can cause somebody to move from where they live mm -hmm. and relocate to another place for the sake of the kingdom of God and for the sake of the work of God. That because mm -hmm. of the work of God, I am moving from here to this place. So that you see that mm -hmm. it is a, a power that makes somebody be willing to move from a town where things may be flourishing to, for the sake of Christ, to go and preach Christ. So anyone who is able to preach and lay hands on people and inspire people by the power of the Spirit, because it is the same Spirit doing it. But how many know that that power is greater? Because the person didn't just move two feet from you when they fell down, but they actually moved thousands of miles to go to another place. That is the power. Amen. But you realize that people in the world don't see that as power. The one that somebody is, everybody is standing there, nobody has done anything and they are shaking or they are falling out. We, we see that as powerful. Do you get it? But the one that makes somebody is able to change their mind and their whole purpose of living and go somewhere and preach for Christ. That one mm. is even more powerful. If you are looking at the measure of the geographical movement. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. God is calling us to be not just interested in external show. Because mm. the, the serpent doesn't do any external show. The mm. serpent doesn't even, it doesn't even have legs. But external show is not important. It's internal power is what God is calling us to crave for as believers and to be wise as serpents. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 3. There's a scripture there I want to show you. 
Ephesians chapter 3 and um, verse number, I believe we will start from verse number 14. He says, for this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Are you following? Yes. For whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. So you and I have all been named after the the name of Father God. Mm -hmm. Okay, what is his request in verse 16? Paul is praying for the believers. That God will grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might, through his spirit in the inner man. Mm. This is his post heart cry, that God through his spirit will strengthen us with might, with, will strengthen us with might in the inner man, your innermost being. There is a strength that needs to happen in your innermost being. Don't just major on becoming strong outside. Don't just major on becoming beautiful outside. Don't just major on becoming attractive or looking fierce or looking powerful outside. Don't just major on the thing that the world may see as powerful. Rather major on your inner strength, the inner power. Because what is what, what is more powerful than someone who doesn't look like there is much to them. And then suddenly you go and try to touch them and then they show you a, a side of them you've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Like somebody who knows how to do fight martial arts. Mm. And the person may be a very skinny person. That you may, they don't even look like they have muscle. But they have this hidden power of being able to do martial arts and gymnastics. And if you go and make the mistake to attack them, then they will reveal that hidden power they have. They will teach you a few lessons. (laughs) <laughs> and then they will give you a piece of advice. Don't do this again, ever again. <laughs> you get it. God is calling the church to develop our inner power. Look at the prayer that he will grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in your inner man. Let the strengthening of your inner man be a priority to you. The strengthening Amen. of your spirit. Amen. Continue to go to the gym by all means. Continue to do everything physical, but make make your spiritual strength and might be a priority to you. Let's go to verse 17. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. It it seems like when you have been strengthened in your inner man, then the fullness of Christ will dwell in you because Christ is very heavy. If the alignment or the lining of your inner man is weak, it cannot support the weight of the glory of Christ. Are you listening to me? There yeah. is an inner strengthening that God is looking for. There's an inner power we need to develop. Being rooted and grounded in love. Let's, let's um, continue. That we may be able to comprehend with all the same what is the weight and length and depth and height of the love of God. Verse 19. To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Mm. To be filled with all the fullness of God, the prerequisite is is developing your inner man. (laughs) To be filled with all the fullness of God, the love of Christ dwelling in us by faith. We have to have our inner man strengthened. Now, look at this verse. This is one of the very powerful. Now, to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, comma, according to the power that dwells up in the skies. Do you see that there? Mm-hmm. No. No, 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 no. Take your time. Verse 20. Let's look at the verse closely. It says that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think, according to the power that dwells up in heaven. No. No. According to the power that dwells up in the in the skies, no. according to the power that dwells up in somebody, no. According to the power that dwells where in, in us, in us, there is a power that must dwell within you and I. 
There must be an inner power because of which the world will fear us, the way the world fears, uh, people fear snakes. Mm. There has to be a power within that comes by God strengthening us with might in his inner, innermost being by his spirit, that we become strong inside. That is a hidden power that the world will soon discover. Paul prayed in Romans 8. He said, my craving and my prayer is that, the, is that, that the, for the manifestation of the sons of God. God, the world is craving for, they've been hearing about Christians, they've been hearing about Christians, they are waiting to see a Christian. They are waiting to see a son of God. They are waiting to see someone who is walking with the conviction and uh, the person who is full of God. Amen. According to the power that works in us, now let's add the last verse. To him, oh, okay. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So therefore, my dear friends, the serpent has a wisdom. His wisdom is not to be loud and not to use external uh, impre impressions. Oh. His wisdom is to use the inner venom that is hidden, that no one can see. But at the appropriate time, the serpent will release it. The serpent doesn't go around throwing their, wisdom, their, their venom, their poison everywhere. But at the right time, they reveal it. The wisdom of the serpent as a believer is that you walk with Christ, Christ lives in you, you walk in his power. The power is not in the external appearance. The power is within. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Now let's look at a few scriptures that symbolize how the people fear the early church. Acts chapter 5. And from verse 11 to 14. Acts 5. It says, oh, I, I must, let me read this one real quick. Okay. So that, yeah. I can see your smiles. <laughs> Listen to this. Acts chapter 5, verse 11. It says, So great fear came upon all the people. So great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Yet none of the, the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly. He said none of the unbelievers dared join them. They realized that this is a holy company. Like the believers were a holy company. There was a fear that came upon the people and the fear was the reverential fear of God. I pray that we need to now begin to let the world have a reverential fear of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Now I'm going to show you another scripture from the same Acts chapter 2. And I'll start from verse 36. Acts, this is the day of Pentecost when Peter was preaching. I'm not starting from the beginning. I'm starting from the middle of his sermon. Acts 2.36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? These are the people who crucified Christ a few days before, but a certain power has come upon Peter and he's speaking with such conviction. And the people are asking, what shall we do? Then Peter said, verse 38, said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent. It means change the way you think. And repentance is unto the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar of as many as the Lord our God will call. Verse 40. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. The same verse applies. 
we ought to be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Verse 43. Then fear came upon every soul. Mm. That's a connection to the serpent. They experienced this in the early church, that the way the serpent evokes fear. The early church Fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. I pray that it ought to be our heart desire Amen. to yearn for God, to be filled with God, mm. to be filled with all the fullness of God. Do you know what? Do you know what we need to do so that we'll be filled with all the fullness of God? We need to rid ourselves of being full of ourselves. Mm. When we are full of yourself, when you are full, you see, you know how to get a glass of water full. You know how to get a glass full of water. Mm. You have to empty. You have to empty the glass. If mm. there is any other liquid in it, if you fill it with water to the brim, you cannot say the glass is full of water, can you? No. no. Because if there is something already in the glass, then the measure of water that goes into the glass. Is less than the full measure of the glass. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Amen. As we, as we, want, I want to have a message about this particular point about the ability to develop our inner power. I want to, if, I want to read something. I want to talk about a certain man of God who lived in the 16th century. He was a Scotsman. He was from Scotland. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. His Amen. name was John Knox. K-N-O-X. Like acting zeros. K-N-O-X. John Knox. Now, this man, John Knox, was a clergyman, a preacher. And um, those were the days that, you know, there was a reformation. That the, some of the people were breaking away from the Roman Catholic Church. And there was a queen... There was a queen of Scotland called Mary. And this queen made a statement that has been known for centuries. And this is what Queen Mary said about John Knox. He said, she said, I fear the prayers of John Knox more than all the assembled, assembled armies of Europe. Wow. Okay, so. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. This is Queen Mary. This is the, the, the queen is saying that she, if you take all the armies of Europe assembled together, she is more afraid of the prayers of John Knox. You see, Felicia was talking about prayer. And mm -hmm. is it possible that you and I can develop our inner power? Instead of making a lot of noise in the streets, we develop our relationship with God. We pray. You see, remember Peter's words? He said, repent. Then he said, for the remission of sins. And then what? The Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit will come upon you. This inner power, which is not looking impressive, but then the world will take notice of it. Queen Mary said, I fear the prayers of John Knox more than all the armies of Europe. I pray that a time will come, Pastor Eugene, Amen. that the world will say, that I fear, I fear your prayers more than everything or anything that anyone can do against me. That Amen. your prayers, your prayers will rather make people afraid. Because mm. when you open your mouth to pray, mm. something bad is happening to somebody. Fire, fire, if somebody fire. wants to harass you, they will say, I fear your prayers. And you know mm. this man, John Knox, he wasn't. He was so much sold to Christ. By the way, John Knox, at some point, persecution let him run away from Scotland. He went to England. And then sometime in England, another persecution arose. He ran to Geneva in Switzerland. He did not quit because of persecution. In Geneva, he met John Calvin. John Calvin, who started Presbyterianism. So John Calvin also mentored him. And then later on, he returned to Scotland. 
and he became the founder of the Scottish Presbyterian, Presbyterian Church. But now, John Carvey himself was a man of prayer. And one day, he was so much filled with a love for Scotland that he prayed a prayer, a do and die prayer. Do you understand the word do and die? Mm -hmm. He prayed a do and die prayer. And the prayer, he said, Lord, give me Scotland or give me death. Mm. Or give me Scotland or I die, or lest I die. This is how desperate some of these people were. They were sold out. Hallelujah. Amen. Give me Scotland or I die. Now, I also found that one of his mottos, listen to this. John, John Knox also said, one man with God is always in the majority. Okay, okay. One man with God is always in the majority. Don't be afraid of crowds. Don't be afraid about numbers. Don't, don't think that you are in the minority. If you have God on your side, it doesn't matter what is against you. It doesn't matter what forces are against you. It does not matter the things that are reigned against you. It does not matter the people who are holding meetings in their in the, uh, meetings against your life. Yeah, close it. If you are on the side of God, one man with God is a majority. Because, because look at the passage in Elisha, in, in, in Second Kings. Elisha and his servant were surrounded by an army sent from the king to come and arrest them. And the servant was afraid. Hmm. And Elisha said, don't be afraid. There'll be more which are with us than against us. Amen. And the servant said, excuse me, <laughs> do you see something I don't see? I mean, can't you see? It's just you, me, and the servant, the servant in the house. What, what are you talking about? Because Elisha was seeing an invisible army of God, which are far in excess of the army Amen. sent by the king. Mm -hmm. And so Elijah, Elisha prayed for God to open the eyes of the servant to see. And when he prayed and the servant's eyes saw the millions of the, of, of the angels of God, he took the fear away. Hallelujah. Amen. Remember Queen Mary's statement, I fear the prayers of John Knox more than all the armies of Europe. <laughs> so sometimes we take the fight into the wrong place. The fight is an inner fight. First of all, some of us, we have inner devils we need to conquer. You need to conquer your inner devils. You need to repent and ask for forgiveness of sins. And then you need to make way for Christ to be Lord in your life and in your heart. Amen. And then when Christ is Lord in your heart, then he continues to work in you. Then you are developing your inner power. That inner Amen. power is what gives you the ability to shape things. You mm. shape things in the physical realm by your inner power. Amen. Many of the things that you shout a lot about is not changing. You know it's not changing. I know. Develop your inner power. That Take one, it to man. God. Amen. Take it to God. Take it to God by prayer. Develop a life of surrender. Mm. And rather begin to rule your physical world on your knees. Amen. I, I, I was going to say something, but I'll just give you a small part. <laughs> I know somebody, uh, let me just put it that way. I know somebody who had an encounter. Okay. And in this encounter was the prophet Elisha. Okay. Mm. You get it. Yeah. And the prophet Elisha showed him and his friend. He took them to, their, to, to his cabin where he mm. stayed. Are you listening to me? Yeah. Mm, listen. And, and, and so the prophet Elisha took these two friends into a cabin where Elisha stayed. And he told them, I am going to show you how I grew spiritually and how I made God my priority and how I gave all praise and worship to God and how I carried so much power. And so when he, he brought them inside, he showed a place on the floor, right? Where mm -hmm. Elisha used to kneel. 
and the place there was a deep dent on the floor. Mm-hmm. Are, you, are you following? Yeah. And he showed this person that I've been kneeling here and praying and worshiping God. So mm-hmm. much so that this place, my, my knees have made a shape on the ground. Mm-hmm. And he said, this is what I used to do. And the person came out of the experience. It's, a, it's a, like a visionary encounter, a dream of vision, if you like. These people were people of prayer. They gave themselves to it. And so they walk without fear. Rather, you will be afraid. And only if God has signed that you should be taken out of this world, would you be taken out of this world. You will not be taken out of this world because your life has been merged with the life of God. Because you have developed your inner power. I pray. That somebody got hungry tonight. Amen. That somebody got thirsty tonight. Amen. That somebody got craving after God. Amen. Throw away everything that is in the way. Mm. And develop God inside. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We appreciate you. We pray that you bless us. That we will be hungry and thirsty for you and be filled with all the fullness of God so that we can truly represent you and your interest in the world. Thank you in the name of Jesus. Now it's time to bring our offering to the Lord. Let's thank God for it. Heavenly Father, we bring to you our offerings. The silver and the gold is yours. The cattle on the thousand hills are all yours. But out of what you have given, we give back to you. Receive it, Lord. Let it be a sweet smelling offering to you and promote your work and increase us also in the land in the name of Jesus. Amen.